thank you so much for tuning in to the Defending Christianity podcast. I'm your host, Levi Dade, and in this podcast, we aim to talk about the evidence and reasons for why the Christian faith is true and why it is good. We do this with the hope to encourage the church to engage the culture around us and to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus as 1 Peter 3.15 commands. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. And so, okay, so how do we, how do we uh, train instead of teach? It's one thing to just, oh, man, that sounds so good, but how do you actually do it? And what Jay Warner does, and I do this in my talk, is he uses an acronym, TRAIN, T-R-A-I-N, T-R-A-I-N. And each one of those letters represents how you are going to turn teaching into training okay so hopefully um hopefully this tracks really well um but one thing before before i give you the the acronym something i should say about about teachings how do we make this relevant and i'll tell you what it becomes really relevant when when the doubts come when the crisis hit hits when you know all of a sudden life was good and now my boyfriend or my boyfriend girlfriend broke up with me or maybe uh someone in my family just got diagnosed with cancer and i'm thinking where's god um or and the list goes on and on and on okay um there's lots of crisis that happens that gets things moving the questions start coming the doubts start arising and and that can lead to what jesus said people falling away jesus talked to people falling away um, in particular, in the parable of the, sto- the soils. Okay, so let's go. Let's go to the train actor. Okay, so T. First thing, you want to test your students. Test your students. Now, the reason we test them is to for a number of reasons. But one of the reasons is we want to know where they're at. Okay, like I want to know how much they know. And every teacher who's any good at what they do knows what a diagnostic assessment is. So every year I would start my math classes and my science classes by doing a diagnostic assessment. And that would be like all the material from the previous year. I put a whole bunch of questions about last year's material. And then I'd say, okay, students, this is not worth marks. I just want to know what's in your head. Okay. So don't stress about it. Just tell me what you know. And so I'm giving them this test and then I get it back and it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So they, they know how to, you know, um, they know a lot about cellular biology, but man, their astronomy stinks, you know, so they didn't do well on this part or they know a whole, so you get the idea. It tells me where they're at. So one of the ways that we test students, um, in youth group, because remember youth group doesn't really have tests. Sunday school doesn't have tests, right? So how am I going to get these students to care? Well, maybe, and this is something we do. We role play. So I come in as an atheist and I'll role play the atheist. And I, frankly, I want to beat the kids up for a little bit, but I'm going to do it in a really nice way. I'm going to have a big smile on my face. Okay. So I'm not mean atheist. I'm really nice guy atheist, but I got some really, I got some arguments and I want to see how you're going to deal with them. So when I do this, I come in, do 20 minutes of a PowerPoint. Like I go all out. I have put together slides. Okay. As a legitimate, here's my presentation. And then I interact 
And I even put on glasses and I call them my atheist glasses. Okay. And as I'm, when I'm wearing these, I'm an atheist. You ask me a question, then I'm going to give you what I think is the best atheist response. Or maybe I'll say, well, I believe this, but some of my fellow atheists believe something different. And man, when I do that, the tension in the room is thick. Because oftentimes they get invited and they don't know I'm a Christian. They just think I'm an atheist. Okay. I have, I've had girls in the front row. They won't even look at me in the eyes. Okay. That's not good. That's not good when like you can't look someone with an opposing view in the eyes. I've had, I've had pastor youth pastors stand up and yell at me in the middle of my presentation. Okay. And then storm off. This happened to me in, uh, in British Columbia. They, they did a conference. A whole bunch of youth groups came, and the pastors didn't even know I was a Christian, which maybe wasn't a great idea. But he's like, everything you're saying is, is, is wrong. And then he got up with his group, started heading for the door. Now, they stopped him, uh, the youth pastor who invited me, and told them what, and then they came and sat back down. He came and apologized. So the point is, these challenges aren't just, I mean, we got to offer them in, in such a way that it makes us feel a little uncomfortable. And I can know, I can engage where you're at. And you better believe, here's the second thing. Not only do I assess where you're at, but I motivate you. You better believe that room full of students, when I reveal I'm a Christian, do you guys want to hear responses to some of these challenges? When they, when they like hear that, they're like, okay, it's time to it's time to respond. So now, if I would just come out and said, hey, I'm going to give a talk on apologetics. I'm just going to give a talk on apologetics. Everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, here we go. More school. But I just spent 40 minutes kind of giving you some serious arguments you got to deal with. And I say, hey, you guys want to hear about apologetics now? And they're like, yes, please. Can you <laughs> please explain? Please explain. So that's the first. That's T. Okay, so R, require more from our students. So R is require. Require more from our students. I got a a little bit of a pet peeve, you know, uh, when it comes to youth group stuff. Now, I love youth pastors. I truly do. But we need to do more than just entertain our young people. I had a great youth group experience in the sense that, man, I had fun, fun, fun. We did gym nights, so we played volleyball. I'm a tall guy, I'm 6'4", I love volleyball, okay? We went, we were involved in volleyball volleyball tournaments and we even won, you know, some youth tournaments. Um, it was fun. And we did laser tag and we did mini putt and we did like the sleepover stuff and the, you name it, we did it. I, I, I don't want to take away the, entertainment aspects. I think that's part of youth group, but we need to make sure we're focusing also on the the other E, education. So not just entertainment, but education. See, I think what gets in our minds is we think, well, if we don't entertain the students, we're going to lose them. They're not going to show up. But if we don't properly educate them with with, uh, Christian apologetics, I think that we will lose them anyways. Okay. You're just entertaining them for a, a number of years until they, until they hit, get a doubt and then they're gone. Okay. Yeah, that's a good um, point. So, so let's raise, let's raise the expectation 
of our youth meetings and from our students. Um, so look, I want, I want our kids to start jump, jumping for the ball. Okay. Um, some people talk about putting the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can get at them. I don't like that analogy, that metaphor, because some cookies can't fit on the bottom shelf. Like, like the Trinity is not one of those things. I like the idea of throwing a ball and I do my best to throw it so you can catch it, but it may go over your head. Okay. But maybe the guy behind you catches it. So think of uh, maybe, maybe our listeners watch baseball. If every single ball was hit at a player on the field, you would never know how good the players are. Right. If like your center fielder, every ball went right at him. Okay. I mean, I could play that position. I can catch a ball when it's hit right at me, but it's when they like have to scale the wall and it looks like it's out of the park and they somehow pull it back in or like they're fully extended out. Like it almost looks like they're Superman it across the field and somehow grabbing the ball. That's when you see how good they are. Okay. I want to think about that in terms of what we're teaching. I want to see our kids like scale the wall when it comes to things like the big questions, because our students can handle it. I think um, when, when we, when I give a presentation at a church, I don't change it when I'm talking to students, when I'm giving the presentation to adults or students, it's the exact same presentation. Okay. In fact, normally it's the students who get it better than the adults because they're still in like school mode. Okay. Um, so I want to require more. We, we had, the, we have this mentality in the church that if our kids just survive, if they just survive university, if they just survive, you know, public school and high school, then, then that's, a, that's successful. No, no. Our, our goal should not be survival. It should be thrival. I don't know if thrival is a word. Okay. Um, not survive, but thrive. I want to see our kids prosper when it comes to um, when it comes to university, you know, their faith just explodes. It's, you know, um, so that would be, that would be the R. Any, okay. any thoughts on R? No, I, I think it's, I think it's important what you said about uh, if we don't properly educate them, we're going to lose them anyway. So entertaining them, you know, it, it made me think that, when you get down to it, the, the whole reason for entertainment is just to get a good head count. If, mm. if that's the main goal, right. It's yeah. just, it's just to get numbers. Um, yeah. And so it kind of made me think about that. I, I, I like that. You and you do, you get, I mean, you think about, and I, and <laughs> any youth pastor knows this, you know, it depends on what event you're doing. Oftentimes it's like, Oh man, we're going to do paintball or laser tag. And we get, you know, we get numbers, uh, whatever that event is, you know, um, but you say, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting or we're going to have a Bible study. And all of a sudden the numbers drop to a quarter the size. What happened? Mm -hmm. Well, it's you're you're not you're not entertained anymore. So um, it, it's about balance here. I totally get it. I don't want to I don't want to make it all about education, but certainly it needs to be about education. Um, Jay Warner and Sean McDowell talk about focusing on one third of your youth on theology, 
one third on apologetics. And then the last third of, of the year would be on more like the application and, and, and life skills and those kind of things. Um, and so you get, you kind of got a really good system where you're looking at the, what the, why, and then how you live it out. Um, which I think is, is really good. Okay. Uh, let's, let's do a, okay. This is the most, this is really important. So the A is arm them with the truth and teach them to defend it. Arm them with the truth. Give them the truth. That's the what. Teach them to defend it. Okay. So A is arm. Arm them with the truth. Now, here's where a really important distinction comes in between isolation and what I like to call inoculation. So there's this idea in the church. It happens in Christian schools. My kids go to a Christian school um, where you can, you can become like this isolated world where we're going to try to keep the outside world away from you as long as possible. So you're not exposed to anything, really. Um, any of the ideas that are out there, um, any of the worldviews that are out there, that is dangerous. That is like holding a spring down. And then when your kid discovers those worldviews or those ideas or whatever, it's like you just release the spring. Okay. That is that's isolating and it's not a good idea. Um, there's something else called inoculation. And that's the idea where, let's say the flu shot, you get some of the flu, your body is now develops the ability to fight against that, that strand of the flu. And now you're your body, you're able to uh, fight against it when you come in contact with the real deal. And so what we like to talk about at Standard Reason is don't isolate, inoculate. Um, so for example, um, I was talking to one teacher and asked her, um, she was at a Christian school. And I said, well, what do you teach about evolution? And she said, well, um, you know, we don't have time to get to everything when it comes to biology. There's so much material. And I totally get that. There's too much material to teach in one year. How do you do it? And so she's like, well, we only spent a couple of days on evolution. And I'm thinking, you know what? I understand why you're doing that. You're trying to isolate. Don't do that. Because that student's going to go to a biology class in university, maybe take a first year biology class that has a teacher who's an evolutionist and they're going to learn all about evolution they're going to spend days and days and days on evolution and it's going to appear like you were too scared to talk about it or um you're going to end up looking like like the like a fool and the teacher's going to make sure you look like a fool so the approach would be no no we're going to expose you to the idea i don't want my students or my kids to hear about some idea out there they didn't first hear about in our home or in the church, okay? So relativism, naturalism, um, I mean, the list goes on with all the isms. They're going to hear about it first in my house. Racism, I mean, you name it. They're going to they're learn about, before they're ever called a homophobe, they're going to learn about the word in our home. Okay. Um, and this is really important because it starts early. I mean, my kids, I mean, I won't get into the whole story, but I mean, we have friends with all the neighbors. Okay. And they were drawing pride flags on the sidewalks. 
um, not my kids, but the neighbor's kids, sidewalk chalk all over the streets. And my kids said, pride is not good. Now they were thinking in terms of pride, like, you know, humility and pride, that kind of thing. That's a sin. And then they were also, my oldest daughter, who's 10, understands about the whole pride parade and all that stuff, pride month. And she said, yeah, we don't believe that. And one of her friends who is 11 said to her, are you, uh, are you a homophobe? And my daughter was like, I mean, the first time she was asked if she was a homophobe at 10 years old. Um, and so they came inside and we had to like do a whole debrief, but this is the idea. We're going to inoculate. Um, there's, I know we got to move to the next one, but I'll tell us a quick story about the biodome. There's this dome in, uh, Arizona called the biodome biosphere two is what it's actually called, but they made a movie called biodome. So that's what I call it. And mm -hmm. the idea was we're going to have this enclosed ecosystem, the large largest enclosed ecosystem on the planet. And, um, the idea is let's try to survive in this enclosure. Maybe we could survive on Mars if we had a similar enclosure, you know, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things they noticed, the scientists noticed was when the trees would reach a certain height, they would just fall over. And, and this was fascinating because it's like, what's the problem? We have the right soil. We have the right oxygen. We have all this stuff. Why are the trees carbon dioxide? Why are the trees falling over? And the reason was they had neglected wind. The biosphere is completely enclosed glass structure. Wind cannot get in. Well, it turns out trees grow their roots deeper because of wind pushing against them. Hmm. No wind, no deep roots. And so they end up falling over and end up and end up um, no deep roots and they just collapse. Wow. Think about the spiritual illustration here. If hmm. our kids never grow deep roots because they're never pushed, they don't have that wind, the challenges, that kind of thing. Um, they, they won't be able to sustain themselves when a, a gust comes. Um, and, and this is similar to what Jesus was talking about, I think, when he talked about the soils and, and, uh, and the rocky soil in particular. Yeah. There that, was no roots. On that illustration. <laughs> that's awesome. So, okay, so that's arm them with the truth. And that's teaching them, man, why we believe what we believe, but also the challenges on the other side. I want to know, I want my girls, before they ever go to university, they're going to know Bart Ehrman. Okay. They're going to, I am going to read with them Bart Ehrman's books. Yeah. So this is, it's not going to be like, dad, you didn't tell me about Bart Ehrman. Oh no, no. We're going to know Bart better than most people know Bart. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's part of the inoculation process. Now that doesn't, now, okay. I do this for a living. So, okay. You're probably, some of our listeners are thinking, Tim, I don't have time to do that. I don't have the education to do it. Okay, fine. But you should know who, can do it. Yep. So you should know who the you you know you said you interviewed in the past Craig Blomberg or Daryl Bach or you know all these different NT you got NT rights and the there's these scholars out there the Dan Wallaces who are uh, the William Lane Craigs who have have dealt with some of these philosophical and theological and biblical arguments that are out there against our view. You didn't know who Greg Kokel is or Tim, Jay Warner Wallace. Tim, doesn't stand the reason also have a university? Not a literal one, but someplace yeah. that people can actually take courses for free. That's right. 
So this is what this is something we're trying to do. Good segue. We have something called STRU. Okay, it's not a real university. Anyone who thinks it is, I mean, come on. They're five, like five to 10 minute videos each. Okay. And there's usually five or seven of them, something like that. And we, and we, and we introduce people to topics like the question of truth is, is, is truth like ice cream or is it like insulin? You know, um, we talk about the problem of people, God's existence, reliability of the Bible. Um, we got a number of courses. I forget how many at this point. But there's probably, you know, six or eight courses on there now, completely free. And uh, people can go there and listen to myself or Greg Kokel or one of the other standard reason speakers teach on some on some topic. Um, so that's a really I mean, again, this is you could equip yourself or sit down with your with your student and say, hey, let's watch a video together. I do this. I mean, my 10 year old, we watch videos all the time. Sometimes they're fun, tasty videos, you know, they're making something um, and that she likes to watch those. And then sometimes we're watching standard reason videos, sometimes watching red pen logic videos. Um, and, 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 uh, and William Lane Craig's reasonable faith videos. And we're talking about them. Does some stuff go over her head? Yeah, she's 10, but some, some, she doesn't. And she, she catches it and she gets it. So, um, and again, this goes to the raising the bar. These are all connected but I'm arming them with the truth and I'm teaching her to defend the truth. So um, here's I, this is what turns teaching into training. I is, is um, really important. Involve them in the battlefield of ideas. So at the beginning, we talked about putting something on the calendar, putting something on the calendar. Well, how do we put this on the calendar? Well, it may look like with your youth group or maybe just with your family, Hey, we're going to go, I don't know, we're going to go down to the beach or we're going to go down to the park or down to the local university. And we're just going to talk to people about faith. And there's tons of ministries that do this kind of thing. If you just start looking around, there are people that, that are doing these kinds of things. Sometimes it means going, um, for example, my friend Brett Kunkel has a ministry called Maven and Maven takes people to Berkeley they take people to Utah, BYU, um, and they these are like mission trips where the students are interacting with like real Berkeley students, and they're bringing in. I did this um, a few years ago with Brett, and we were at the University of Berkeley, and in the morning we would have like someone from the LGBT community come speak to our group, or have someone from uh, one of the professors come and talk to our group. And then the afternoon they do evangelism on campus and you better believe they were pumped, man, to be on campus talking with people that didn't share their views. Um, it was amazing to see kind of life transformation happen um, on these experiences, but it can be, Hey, let's go, let's go visit the local mosque and just ask them some questions. You better believe there. I mean, I have never talked to someone from another faith who wasn't like, interested that we were interested, you know? So when I was a Christian school teacher, part of our world religions class in one day, we'd go to a mosque, a synagogue, we'd go to a Buddhist temple, Hindu temple. I mean, we, and we talked to the, uh, uh, the leaders and got to interact with them. Um, we went to a Jewish synagogue, talked with a rabbi and actually asked him about Isaiah 53. 
who's Isaiah 53 talking about? I mean, it was amazing. This rabbi didn't even know uh, Isaiah 53. He he said he'd get back to us over email and uh, that never happened. So it just, it's just fascinating that um, it allowed us to ask questions and challenge and this kind of thing. Okay. And last one, this is quick. If you're going to get students involved in the battlefield of ideas, the I, you better be prepared to N, nurture their wounds, nurture the wounds of our students. And if you know about UFC, you know about boxing, you know that there's a guy and his job is simple. He's called the cut man, the cut man. And his job is simple. Stop the bleeding. Stop mm-hmm. the bleeding. So the fighter can get back out there. And um, if your students are going to be interacting with these ideas, they're going to get hurt. Okay. They're going to face challenges. They don't know how to answer. They're going to maybe be hurt emotionally by being called names. Um, all kinds of things could happen. You need to be there as the cut man, as the person who maybe just gives them a big hug um, and says, don't worry, like we're here for you and comforts them in their time of need. Or maybe you're the guy who's like, okay, they had this challenge. Let me, let's talk it out. Let's see if this challenge is any good and, uh, and responds to it. I still get emails from former students years since I've been teaching at this Christian high school. And I still get emails asking questions. Hey, you know, you gave this talk and I'm interested, you know, I got this friend who's struggling with this question. Can you respond? I'm still Mm -hmm. nurturing their wounds. Okay. And that's an important, important piece of this. So there's the acronym T we test them know where they're coming from, but also motivates them. We are require more from them, set the bar high, make them jump for it. We a arm them with the truth, teach them to defend it. We, I involve them in the battlefield of ideas. This is, this requires some creativity on our part. And then finally, and nurture their wounds. Uh, Everyone who's listening, please. uh, If you have students who you are, who, you are in some sort of an influence in their lives, please uh, do what you can to involve yourself in them and do some of these, uh, put some of these principles into practice that Tim has been talking about because, you know, we a lot of times talk about how our youth are the future of our church. Well, if that's the case, then we want to make sure that we still have a church in the future. This is one way that we're doing that. Thank you so much for joining us today on Defending Christianity Podcast. I hope and pray that you were encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And if you're someone who's seeking truth, I hope and pray that you have gotten closer to that because Jesus is the truth. Join us next time on the Defending Christianity Podcast. God bless. God bless.